Cape Talk. A world view from London with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Adam Gilchrist. Hope you've been well. Um, I've managed to get COVID since we last talked, so uh, and, and feeling a bit uh, crook with it. So uh, not brilliant, but I am at least vaguely vertical. And I apologise if beads of sweat appear. It's not your examination and your questioning. It really is just the virus. Well, but I, I'm. I hope you recover well and stay well, Adam Gilchrist. But let's start in Turkey. Turkish football violence is mm. a fallout from a, a club president punching a referee. Wasn't that extraordinary that we saw? Um, it sort of appeared uh, yesterday, really early as of yesterday, um, when Faruk Koka, the president of a club in the Turkish capital, uh, Ankara Guku, he ran onto the pitch and literally punched the referee because he wasn't happy about a 97-minute equaliser. We've all been there where we're not happy about the equaliser. Running onto the pitch and punching the ref? Hmm. So the repercussions of this now, are many fold. Turkish football has been suspended, as in completely. Um, although I think uh, Galatasaray was still playing in the Champions League, weren't they? But it's all domestic, certainly. Um, the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, said the incident was totally unacceptable. Violence had no place in the sport. Well, yes, um, duh. Uh, without match officials, there is no football, said Mr. Infantino. But uh, Coca, Farouk Coca, has now issued a statement. You may be aghast at what he said. He, he apologised, first off, to the Turkish refereeing community, the sports public and our nation. He now hopes the grave incident could help Turkish football address its culture of violence. You mean you, right? I mean, there have been incidents, absolutely. There have been incidents in other countries as well. I don't think him running onto a pitch to thump a referee addresses the problem of violence, does it, really? And then one creepy Christmas purchase a spy camera on a clothes hook yeah there, there have been spy cams for a while in fact there are loads of films that are based on the fact that they can see what the babysitter is doing with the kids and the da 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 i'm thinking of meet the parents meet the fuckers that sort of stuff and and you can hide a camera in almost anything but to sell it online and relatively cheaply in all sorts of guises maybe this is just going a bit far that it's sort of out there and indeed amazon is now accused of making it far too easy for people to snoop and there's one particular incident this is going to court in america where a young woman and she reckons she was underage at the time as well says that there was a camera in a little clothes hook that had been placed in a bathroom walk into a bathroom particularly in somebody else's house or an airbnb or something like that you wouldn't notice would you if would you inspect the clothes hooks you might now um and anyway she felt very uncomfortable about it and indeed the judge has now ruled it's not just about the b&b owners this is about amazon specifically Mm. peddling this stuff uh it's a problem it is an increasingly worrying concern i've not personally experienced Mm. it but i've seen the social media videos it's impacted those around me that i have friends who travel quite a bit who now first do a 10-point inspection when they go into a hotel room yes um checking oh, yes, fixtures with the, with the and, ultraviolet and all that yeah. that's right <laughs> I, and, and i don't know if it's if it's social media hysteria because ne- they've never found anything doing a inspection but i have seen on social media and some reports largely in the u.s of people finding these tiny miniature cameras in innocuous spaces in particularly airbnbs yes but compromising places as well and that's the problem isn't it i don't particularly i mean i can't imagine i would be the target but still 
I, can't, I would not feel comfortable yeah. about the idea that there could be a camera in there. I, yeah. yeah, no thanks. And then one for the Whovians, uh, a Doctor Who song. It's a ghoulish ditty in time for Christmas. Is this going to get number one? Oh, I, my heart is sinking at this. It's, uh, okay, proceeds to charity. So great. That's a good thing. Absolutely. It's uh, featuring scenes in the video from the Christmas edition of Doctor Who. And I don't know for Whovians or Who is or whatever they like to call themselves. This is quite a big deal. This is very exciting. But the song. I won't go into detail on the lyrics. It's all about essentially feeding a baby to a king. And there's sort of a whole bunch of characters in the video who look like the rejects from the Orcs and the Ewoks and the strange ones in the Gringotts Bank in Harry Potter. And the, and the king himself is like Jabba the Hutt. So take all your sort of folklore fiction and roll it all into one video. And the lyrics go along these lines. We've got a baby. We can feast. We can dine three days at least. Baby blood and baby bones, baby butter for the baby's scones. It gets worse. There's no redeeming element to the lyrics. And I'm just thinking, I'm not sure that's entirely my spirit of Christmas. I don't know about you, Lester. Um, but it's on brand. It's on brand, Doctor <laughs> So I guess if that's your market, I, I you know. It's a bit extra creepy, is it not? I thought it was, I thought Doctor Who was meant to be kind of fun, scary, not just, um, I mean, fee fi fo fun. It's right up that street yeah. and then some, really. Yeah, well, I hope you get well. Um, if you can, get into a TARDIS and come visit us sooner rather than later, but get better. Adam Gilchrist is back tomorrow with the Worldview.